Hi, I'm Holiday Kirk, and thank you for listening to the New Metal Agenda podcast. If you want to help further expand the New Metal Agenda, check us out on patreon.com slash newmetal underscore agenda. Membership perks include ad-free episodes, Patreon-exclusive podcasts, the ability to submit questions for guests ahead of time, free merch, and more. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Ladies, gentlemen, people that do not give a fuck, I am Holiday Kirk. Welcome to the New Metal Agenda. As always, I am your host, and I've got my co-hosts here in the building tonight. We've got the grandfather. Hey, everybody. Good evening. Riviera. Hey, everyone. Double Z. What's up, everybody? Holy shit. Big celebrity guests, plural. It's two for y'all. We got uh, Edsel Dope of Dope, Tony Campos of Static X in the building. Fellas, it's an honor. How are you, buddy? Thank you for having us. That's a swanky green chair you got behind you. Appreciate it. It is uh, where I sit to be sad. Hey, is, let me tell you guys vin- something. Vintage. Now, we've never done this before. We've never had two artists on at one time, but since this is the New Metal Agenda and it's your first time on here, what we have to start with is addressing the Thanks. New Metal allegations. So we got to just go right out there. I'm going to tell you. Uh, is how, how, how are New Metal allegations different from just allegations in general? They're way more fun. Mm, okay. okay. Tony Campos, is Static X a new metal band? Uh, we've certainly been called that. Um, I've yes. never quite categorized us that way. Um, you say know, yes. For, 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 say yes. For me. <laughs> well, well, for me, like, it, it, the new metal thing was always, like, it, it was... Have, have those bands that were called new metal were, uh, as far as I could tell, heavily influenced by hip hop, and we were not influenced by hip hop in any way whatsoever. Uh, we wanted to, we were ripping off Ministry and Prong, so uh, yeah, they, those guys don't do hip hop. Now, Dope did hip hop. Dope did hip hop, right? Yeah, not really. I mean, did you guys I think cover that, Fuck the it, Police? That doesn't mean I did hip hop. It just means that I connected yeah, they, with the, they, the they, they used they used the lyrics, but if yeah. you listen to the song, I mean, it's nothing, it's not hip hop. <laughs> I I think if you did anything that like was syncopated lyrically uh in that time period, you could consider it to be like rap derivative. Um so whatever though, I don't care. I like the term new metal because it makes me feel like it's it's easy for people to uh like understand the time period like it makes us part of a family it's part of a movement that worked and both of our bands are sort of outliers in a way from the most commercial elements of that movement but we're still part of the movement so i think it's cool and i think it's an easy way to communicate about a time period and i don't yeah i mean i don't mind it you know i mean yeah if you you know you want to i mean dude in there with, like, with, with all those bands of that time yeah, like, and it was a great time in music man you know uh, let me tell you though, Static X, right? So date and time, like you were saying, time and place. Static X, a part of the before it was new metal. It was actually just the Los Angeles metal scene because you had System of a Down, Very Cold true. Chamber. I think like Fear Factory, all doing their thing in that one area, playing those couple of clubs. Static X was a big part of that. Uh, you guys cut your teeth in like the whiskey, right? Yeah, and, the uh, whiskey, the Roxy, the Troubadour, Coconut Teaser, the Coca Teaser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now, do you guys remember this? I, I've always had trouble sourcing this claim, but some PR guy at some label once said about Static X, the girls can shake their ass and the boys can mosh. They're the perfect band. 
is this familiar at all? Because I've always used that to like say this is kind of the shortcut to the appeal. Yeah. Wasn't that a Rob McDermott? That was a Rob McDermott. Oh no, that was an Andy Gould. Yeah, it may yeah, it 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 sounds like something Andy Gould would have said. Yeah. Yeah, At at Warner Brothers. At Warner Brothers. Yeah, no, Andy Gould was our manager at the time. Okay. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Great line. But yeah, I mean, but Andy's got this crazy accent, and he's, yeah, he's and, like the, and, the personification of uh, of Austin Powers. He's literally like yes. that guy. <laughs> yes, and he li- and uh, and Andy likes to party. So like, yeah. it, I don't do a good impression of Andy, but like anyone who does a good impression of Andy and says those words, it's it's really laughable. Imagine yeah. Mike Myers doing it. I want to yeah, try, but I can't. I want to try so bad, but I can't do it. <laughs> um, so with but with Static X doing their thing on one side of the country, you got dope way the fuck on the other side of the country over there in New York. And now when I think of like New York City and heavy music, I kind of think of like the hardcore scene, like Visions of Disorder bands kind of like that. But you were doing the industrial metal and 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 where 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 was that like doing that on the other side of the country over there in New York? Um, it, I was from Florida originally and, and I really just moved to New York to, to make it for lack of better words. Cause back in the day, the path to, to making it in music was generally signing a record deal. And the bigger the record company you could sign with, the more chance you had to get in front of more people. And that's ultimately what I wanted. So I watched, uh, other bands make it from small towns and it seemed like an agonizing process. It just took forever to get, you know, discovered by a low level A&R guy. And then they, they pass, you pass their test. And then the VP has to come see you. And two years later, maybe you're getting a record deal. So long story short, um, once I kind of had my vision for what I wanted to do, at least a framework for it, uh, I moved to New York to put it together so that I could sort of uh, drop a bomb right in the middle of where all the labels were. And I wasn't really an L.A. kind of guy. So me moving out to L.A. to make it wasn't I don't know, it just didn't fit my personality. Um, but, yeah, so so for for me, sonically, though, I, I came more from like that Florida industrial nastiness that was happening down there in the in the mid 90s um, and just wanted to do something that was not L.A., <laughs> to be perfectly honest, Um and uh, in retrospect, I've come to fall in love with a lot of what that L.A. sound was. And uh, it's, uh, it's just, you know, probably part of the reason that we didn't get as big as some of those L.A. bands, because they were part of like this really cool thing that uh, was connecting. Which and now and, and um, but the, the two of you, I feel like Static X, what unites Static X and Dope around that era was there was this hunger for bands that could do a ministry prong skinny puppy type sound but with like choruses like real choruses and like real song structure and it was kind of united around that idea of like well we just need something a little a little more accessible um and that's kind of what brought the two together was that something that you guys were ever cognizant of like we need to write maybe we just need to write some shorter songs or how did that develop? Because it, because I mean, I I don't think it's reductive to say that Dope and Static X, you guys had good pop instincts, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know that we ever did anything that that like in, intentional. It was just kind of like, <laughs> like, like yeah, I think I think Static like, X was a lot less deliberate. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas whereas Edsel, he had a plan, he had a vision for his yeah, day. Yeah. and and with us, it was just like. Yeah, let's see where this goes. You know, yeah. Hey, hey, which is it? Which is uh, again? Let's turn up the, the drum machine to fucking two hundred and see what happens. You know. Yeah, 
And, and again, if you if you look at the court of public opinion, which isn't always right, but oftentimes is static X connected with more people than dope did. And to me, it's obvious why it's because it wasn't like put together at all. Like those dudes really were just four idiots <laughs> that, that like Absolutely. fucking love the rock. And each dude just kind of brought his own recipe to the table. And, and, you know, it was fucking awesome. And like, it's funny for me because what really connects the two bands is that back in 1999, when both our debut albums came out, um, almost every tour that we did for that touring cycle was alongside static X. We did static X or excuse me, uh, dope static X fear factory, dope static X power man, 5,000 dope static X seven dust dope static X alone around the country, at least twice. Um, so we were building our fan bases every night together, like meeting the fans outside the bus together. Like we were our fans and, and, you know, again, they got bigger, but the real core of our audiences are very familiar with one another and familiar with us. And I think that's what makes that connection so strong now, 25 years later. Um, but, uh, yeah, but sonically, Static X, because every night we would go on before them and then we would go to the bus and towel off and what have you and then go straight to the bar to have a beer and sign autographs and meet girls and whatever you did back then. And Static X would be playing. So they were like the soundtrack to my career, because every night when I'm hanging out, meeting the fans and, and living my best 26 year old life of, you know, being on MTV and, and having these this these dreams coming true. Um, there's my dudes playing fucking bled for days and push it every night. It was, uh, so I love the band. I always have. And, uh, I'm super happy that they have come back and, uh, you know, are, are giving people an opportunity to experience those songs live and loud because uh, I think that was another reason the band got so big was that first record, especially just translates so well live and loud in a room. It's just got the right amount of space. Let me tell you, whoever they got, on vocals now is just killing it too. Stellar, stellar, that handsome, handsome fella. I think that yeah, I think it, that he's it, really. It, it's it's AI, man. I, I programmed it myself. You know, like, uh, back in twenty twenty. I was a you know I was a computer science major in college, so I'm finally putting that knowledge to use, and uh, I programmed the AI myself. I, do I don't know why. You didn't, gotta, gotta, gotta why learn didn't the code. Say that earlier. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a great answer tony please say yeah. that all the time now yeah <laughs> you were when we're well, talking chat, seriously chat I, chat gpt's got nothing on me man Wayne no GPT. shit tony, G, <laughs> tony <laughs> GPT. when we're talking about that's what hilarious. what what made stack x into this big deal and and i do think that platinum on a debut record is a big deal um yeah. one of the that the, one of the things that I think is really beautiful about new metal was that every band had an extremely distinctive visual signifier. Like you could just see uh corns, Adidas track suits, orgies, makeup, uh, slipknots, masks, and man, Wayne's hair. Like it, it really helped to have a visual hook so that when you left the stage on farm club that night, everyone could remember at least that one thing. So I'm wondering, no, no doubt. No where doubt. Did, where did, have you ever have we ever just to discuss the origin story behind it and 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 how he ended up with the hair up and Tony ended up with the beard down and we had that perfect like that perfect <laughs> yin and like, yang yes, yes. yeah <laughs> great stage composition because that happened yeah, it's know, not like man. that's an like, accident 
because I when I first met Wayne, he he came in uh, into the rehearsal room looking like Ian Asbury from the Colt, like straight long black hair, uh, bell bottom pants and flowery shirt, you know. And uh, yeah, I was like, this guy's a metalhead. And I'm like, oh, okay, but uh, you know, we kept jamming. And then uh, after a couple of different iterations, one day he just came into the rehearsal room and he had completely shaved his head. He was completely bald. And then uh, Kenny soon cut his hair because he had long hair too. Um, so what he's then, saying is it was a fucking accident. Yeah, just like pretty much anything else with Static X. It was an accident, you know? And uh, next thing I know, I, I I see him on stage and he's got his hair up. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. No intraband discussion? No, no it, was, it wasn't discussed at all. I mean, I don't know, maybe... Maybe between him and the board, Ken, uh, because they shared an apartment. Um, so maybe he discussed it with him. But uh, I just remember one day I showed up at a gig and uh, he had his hair up, and I was like, "All right, cool." Can you can you (laughs) cut the kids in on the secret sauce he used to keep it standing up that straight? Maybe 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 zero could if zero's in the room with us tonight. Uh, All I still he's still in the charging bay. Oh, he's still in the charging bay. <laughs> it's a hologram anyway. He literally is. Secrets I, I, I believe uh, Wayne used Aquanet. Um, no. I know there's there's better stuff out there now because it's years later. They have like actual like fucking glue, like this big yellow can of glue, oh, hair yeah. glue. Um, familiar with yeah, the but Wayne, glue. Yeah, uh, Wayne used that well, Aquanet shit. Well, back in the day, um, <gasps> I or was it Wayne this stuff called um, a White Rain? And you'd get White it at the ninety-nine cent store. You know what's so funny? I think I have a can of it, like in well, my house. It like, it's like it's a it dollar so, store shit, right? Well, it was so cheap that it, it was in the the plastic manual pump bottles. Yep. You know, they couldn't even put it in an aerosol can. It was that cheap. So distinctive visual style. I'm gonna call that a knock against the. Yeah, uh, you, you, I don't think you're gonna beat the new allegations this time around for sure. But um, I do think that that plus the farm club appearance, plus the L.A. scene appearance, plus the Queen of the Damned soundtrack appearance, I feel like you kind of the, the deck is stacked against you, my friend. And yeah, uh, it's new metal for sure, dude. Yeah, but like one of the cool, but, but truthfully, one of the coolest outliers of the new metal scene. Um, that's why I think people still really care about it because it was really unique and different and, and stupid and fun and also super heavy. Like it was definitely one of the coolest ones from the time. <laughs> um, but speaking of like the queen of the damn soundtrack, which is truly you guys have both. We've all seen the movie. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I actually, I don't know if I saw the movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did. I, I, we, we got, we got to uh, actually go to the premiere of the movie and, uh, I remember being uh, very disappointed in what I saw, uh, and, and then I came. Great. I came to the realization that the soundtrack was far superior to the actual movie. Everyone does. Every yeah, time I watch that movie, I think I've seen it three times. Every time I watch it, I'm like, maybe it's it is good, and it's not. <laughs> so not. Yeah, I, got I, I, I just I, that I, movie, dude. <laughs> Cause it's like I want it to be good. You can't deny, like you can't deny, like the scene where the girls are in his mansion and Cold's playing. Cold was so cold, and he's crawling across the ceiling. That part goes hard. Like there, there are scenes in the movie where you can imagine, like this is a masterpiece, and it just does not hold up for the entirety. But there are moments where you're like, this shit rocks. Yeah, it's like so, so compelling. Yeah, I'll agree. And it has so moments. Fall short. 
Did you just just that scene where they're they're like fighting on stage? That was like the jump the shark moment, you know, just like yeah. oh, fuck For all this. of new metal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of, by the way, if we can bring it back over to the dope show, um, ugh, tragic reference. Uh, DJ Lethal is actually on fuck Ukraine is actually on your debut album, right? DJ Lethal of Limp Bizkit. Correct. He's on track 12. Uh, he's, on a, yeah, he's on a bunch of them. Yeah, he's on a bunch. What, what we basically did was we um, we had the record done and we just wanted more noise, really. But so we had DJ Lethal come down and get really stoned and just make a bunch of turntable noise. That was cool. And then we just cut it in the loops and threw it throughout songs so that some of the loops that we were using just had a i don't know just a different a different spin to them so it was cool it is screaming hummingbird yeah yeah that's that's what we called the sound because that's what it sounded like to us so if you hear a sound in that song that sounds like a screaming hummingbird then that would be the sound that dj lethal made speaking of you know knocks against each other uh felons and revolutionaries has one of the ultimate and new metal requisites the 80s pop cover Blue Monday, Faith, you spin me around like a record. And then, of course, Fear Factor did Cars, and I'm, I could go on. I'm sorry. You're sorry? Are you sorry? It's no, a classic. Do not apologize. Because that song, it, it is the dumbest song on planet Earth, dude. But it's a great um, song. It is not a great song. It's dumb if it's you, can't, you can't criticize. If you start criticizing songs for being dumb, this is going to get to be a long episode. Because I feel like none mm. of us can really... Yeah, that would pretty much invalidate the entire Static X career. There's there's dumb songs, and then there's You Spin Me Around. I'm sorry, but like, it is, like, I'm super happy that the song came into my life because it exposed us to a lot of people. And every night when I play that stupid ass song on stage, I always make a point to let everybody know how absolutely ridiculously stupid it is, but that that's a good thing because we're all at a concert and we're not here to take ourselves seriously. We're here to lose our minds and get away from all the serious shit in our life. So in that context, it works really, really well. And people love it and jam it and sing it out loud. But that song is ridiculously stupid. And I'm, I, 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 Never would have thought to do it myself. And much like we just spoke about with Static X, it was a soundtrack opportunity for a movie that I really wanted to be part of. And I'm, and I'm, that is really the best part of it all is that it was on the American Psycho soundtrack. And it's track one, which is so cool to me with David Bowie and The Cure. Um, but the song is terrible. It's just ridiculous silliness. Sorry. Are you saying your cover's terrible? No, no. I mean, how can it not be terrible because the original song is so the terrible? The original song so, is so fucking good. I can't believe I have to song. fight for dead or alive, but that song yeah, is a masterpiece. What no, are you talking about? No, the original song's not good. The new metal cover what is. What are you terrible. talking That's about? Found, most 80s covers. Not you too. No. no it's a fucking respect I, on Pete Burns' name. No, no. It, no, Stock no, what it, 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 water like that. Were out in their bag on that. I don't know. I'm done. This has been Holly yeah, Kirk with the nuts. new metal agenda. <laughs> Wishing you all a good night. This is fucked. This is fucked. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I again, though, it, it serves an amazing purpose, and therefore, in that context, I can agree with you that it's great, but it's ridiculous, if it, man. If it That's succeeds all. at what it sets out to do, how is it bad? 
maybe I'm he's maybe not I'm saying it's bad. He's just saying it's stupid. You know what? That's it's right. Stupid. Let's switch right. track. Let's maybe, let's talk about something smarter. So love yeah, dumb. Maybe I'm, on may, hold on. I have to put okay. I have to put a period on this. Maybe, maybe right. it's because I am. Maybe it's because I'm the guy who has to stand on the fucking stage with the microphone in my hand and sing that dumb shit to groups of people with their hands over their heads, swinging them. Like it's retarded. Um, All right. So maybe I, I can kind of get it. In some way, shape, or form, like you know. Otherwise, you might think I was out there going like, "Here comes some fucking art, man! Check it out!" Like, mm, like it's it's not. It's just silly buffoonery. But I'm glad it, you know it's a party. That's the point. I go to a party and there's some buffoonery there. So you that's can't what get I get away do. with buffoonery at a party. We're can't, can't, you, you can't get away with buffoonery at a new metal show. People, please. It's like boobies. People, it's like, please. It's like, it's like boobies. Boobies made new metal better, and spin me around is good for boobies. It's just you know retarded. What? I'm not fighting you on that. One yeah. thing that you guys see, were a shared phenomenon. See, we found we found yeah. common ground. And there we're, we go. We found yeah. common ground. Very okay. little that is not improved by boobies. We're gonna bury the hatchet in that common Very ground. So a phenomenon that the two of you were were both shared of was that phenomenon in which a record label was like, "This band's gonna be huge. Let's give them five hundred thousand dollars to do a music video." And I I want to <laughs> ballpark. That's roughly what I'm with stupid and everything sucks might have cost like around half a million dollars and what was the experience um, of filming those like I, I, I am privy to that information um so yeah because you still Static owe X them is, for it <laughs> no in a way you are correct um i know i'm was stupid was was almost a million bucks and i know that uh we did really good with carving the budget on that everything sucks video we got it down to about 500 but it's crazy to spend that kind of money doing something like that but it, it really was you know they built sets and it was huge production. So you can understand it. But nowadays we make the same quality killer shit for like five grand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know crazy. if that's true. If there's anything like, I feel like when I watch those old videos, it's like, we need to start spending more money on these things. Cause this shit is awesome. Like we are not spending yeah. enough money on music. No, videos I, so, anymore. I so agree. And on like, like the physical things too. And like the people to work on them. Yeah, I mean, these days there's too much reliance on CGI. Yes, and, uh, there's yeah. explosions. Uh, says this, says uh, the guy with the AI singer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that exactly. guy. You know what? He sounds bad anyway. We can make exceptions here or there. <laughs> Running around Take with that. shovels. Fucking hell. Touche. But that was, no, I mean, that I, was. I, mean, I, I, I agree. No, I was just going to say, I agree, but I feel like both our bands have kept the bar pretty high with with the visual content that we wrap around the music um, I, that everything sucks video was ridiculous, but I don't know. I feel like I've beat it on lower budgets just with cooler shit. I still build sets and still, yeah. you know, I, I, some, some of the shit CGI, but I, I rely pretty heavily on like real shit. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's still, but there's it was still, crazy. Yeah. There's still, you know, like it's not completely all CGI. There's still like some actual real practical elements in the stuff, you know, that we do lately. Um, yeah. We don't spend nowhere near the amount of money that we used to, but uh, I think the, the results have been pretty cool, man. You know how uh, to stretch a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> you are the second band. You are the second artist, second band we've talked to now. That was a part of my favorite, one of my absolute favorite late 90s TV institutions, early 2000s, the American Bandstand of New Metal. You were on Farm Club. And we also talked to uh, Lejean Wispin of Seven Dust, who were on Farm Club. I 
that show i mean that show was amazing i there's no full episodes anywhere but you had you had like destiny's child and nwa on the exact same episodes as like seven dust and kitty and i'm wondering like how was that experience for you guys doing push it did you do more than one song on on farm clothes or just push it um, i would say we did blood for days too but uh i could be wrong I've never seen it. The, cli- uh, the clips yeah. of that show are scarce, so it's possible. Yeah, no, I did, it's been ages since I've seen any clips from that. So. But how did you get on that show? Like, what was that like? Uh, I don't know. It was just something management hooked up for us, you know. Um, and, <laughs> you know, back then we said yes to everything. So we were like, yeah, OK, let's go. And like, you know, that's why we were pretty much on the road every day for two years <laughs> uh and then finally you know our manager told me you, you know you guys can say no I'm like really we can say no to stuff okay cool then uh we want to stay home for a little longer than uh two three days between tours so <laughs> we finally took some time off after two years yeah i think that but i think that that willingness to just agree to everything is what got you that distance and then like oh yeah absolutely and then machine so your sophomore record machine is about correct me if I'm wrong. It's a, basically about how fucking much it sucked to tour that first album, right? Um, there, there's certainly some elements of that um, in that record. Um, and it, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. We we had a blast doing it. It was just like you know, by at the end of the two years, you know, we were just pretty burnt out. You know, and uh, you know, it, it it was to the point where you know, you know, Koichi was like, "That's it. I'm out. I'm done." I can't keep doing this. <laughs> There's only so far. And um, dope was dope on the road as heavy as uh, Static X was. Yeah, we were all out of our fucking minds, dude. We all just wanted it, you know. And and there was so much opportunity out there for bands that had the major label support and were connecting with an audience. So. If you wanted to tour back then and, you know, there was still money in the record. So the labels were still behind it. There was there was a, a machine, for a lack of better words. If you were in that machine, no pun intended with the Static <laughs> X album, um, they you would you could just grind. And it was awesome. But, I you know, now forget it, dude. Like, I, you know, that shit wears you out. But yeah, definitely. But it, that's what builds careers, man. I mean, that's what makes these bands. Yeah. You know, having those live experiences with so many people across the country and and now here it is 25 years later and people are like man i want to feel that again um having an audience that big is the only way bands stay stay alive 25 years later so that touring is what builds those fan bases that that personal Absolutely. one-to-one connection crazy crazy um, has has anyone from lincoln but tony has anyone from lincoln park ever reached out to you and thanked you because yeah, I don't know if you'll know this, but the the sales of Wisconsin Death Trip are what put Lincoln Park on Warner Brothers afterwards. You kind of financed Hybrid Theory in a way. Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess you, you could uh, lump in Disturbed there too, because uh, you know they they sold some records too uh, before Lincoln Park came out, if I'm not mistaken. They are, uh, but but uh, Lincoln Park uh, got on Warner Brothers um if i remember correctly uh because they had this we had the same manager rob mcdermott and uh i that's how i think that's how 
he they he got them into the, the door at Warner Brothers. Uh, but I could be wrong. Stripper on Reprise, Reprise Records, which Reprise like, that was a that was a uh, yeah that's also subsidiary of Warner Brothers. Subsidiary of Warner. And you that know was three we, different pronunciations. Which one was correct? Fuck off, fuck reprise. Off. Reprise. I'm gonna go with the guy who was there and would probably <laughs> know better than any of us. That's how I heard it. Let me check on something real quick before I before I run my jaw. Reprise Records. Okay, there we go. So. Today, we have also spoken to Richard Patrick of Filter, who was also on Reprise and Warner Brothers. So we really should have just had him back right. on <laughs> so we could so you guys could swap horror stories about how bad Warner Brothers may have treated you or whatnot. You did, I mean, you guys, you you and you and him both went platinum in the same year of 1999. So it's a good year for everybody. Yeah. Yes. Um, what was Dope on? Dope was on Epic. Dope was on. We were on. We Dope was in a, in a very interesting political situation. We flip. were on flip. You were on flip. flip no epic, shit. Yes. I don't. Which was, which was, a, which was an a, amazing. Well, not really. Um, it was it was an amazing opportunity, but also a very. Uh, uh, <laughs> it it became a problem eventually. Uh, I'll just leave that. But anyway, no, it, it wasn't actually Fred's label. Uh, it was the, it was. It was the label that Fred was signed to, who I'm sure he had a piece of, but he just kind of became the A&R guy. Like he was the face of it because his band blew up on it. But the label is actually this dude named Jordan Schur's label who ended up uh, becoming the president of Geffen and then had a label called Schurtone. Um, so, yeah, anyway. No shit. I always thought that was like Fred's label. I really no, did. flip was flip was a really amazing thing because it was it was this very very passionate dude named Jordan Schur who was just a super super music fan and and he discovered Limp Bizkit and um and he just opened his wallet he was independently wealthy and he believed in it and he wanted to be in the music business and he believed in Limp Bizkit he opened his fucking wallet and he backed that band and that band blew the fuck up. Uh, deservingly, but without Jordan Schur and his wallet, I don't know what happens to Limp Bizkit. Um, and, and not just his wallet, but like, you know, Jordan was like passionate and went out and banged doors down and he really, he really made it happen for those guys. Um, so we were one of, I think four or five bands that were ultimately signed to flip. There was Stained, who was on Electra. We were on Epic, uh, Cold, who was on Interscope. And uh, and then Limp Biscuit that was also on Interscope. Um, kind of sounds like and, a mess. Uh, it, it was because they were basically 50 50 partners with all those labels, so it was joint ventures where you would you'd split you know every dollar that came in the door, the two labels would split, but every dollar that went out, they were also supposed to split. Um, so for me, it became a nightmare on my second album. Uh, I think we might have connections. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan got the opportunity. Oh, sorry, we lost uh, you for a second. We lost you briefly. Oh, Keep sorry going. about that. Because uh, Jordan sure got the opportunity to become the president of Geffen Records. And when that happened, they basically closed Flip. Like Flip, it existed, but it wasn't operating anymore. So um, that creates a political problem within, you know, your, your deal when, you know, the president of Geffen is calling the president of Epic and trying to tell him how to oh, do his fucking job. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, so, so it's like he went from being a part of 
flip to a part of Geffen, and now he went, he went from being yeah he went from being a joint venture partner of I own Flip and I have a deal with Epic to yeah Flip doesn't really work anymore but I'm still the guy at Geffen and I demand you do what I say and it's like well where's your wallet well I already spent, it, was, it got it became a mess really quick. Um, so that's not good. Those are, those are the kind of things that, uh, not, it's not a woe is me at all because I'm very blessed, but those are the kind of things that happen in this business. And I guess in any business where it's just has nothing to do with any, anything you could have done to avoid that becoming a problem, which can ultimately stop shit dead in its tracks for periods of time. So, you know, business, this business is, is full of stories like that, where some weird political deal ended up side railing something for a while. Crazy. You guys, your momentum, though, as, as, as two bands, almost like brothers, you, you were like a kind of a brothership band of the, of the two Static X and Dope, because from 99 all the way to 2005, you guys never didn't put out an album together in the same year. It was like one one band would put out one album, one band would put out another album. Um, and, and knowing that, do you guys have any resonance? Like, were you in similar states at the same time, like, like in your career when you put out, say, Machine and Life or Shadow Zone and Group Therapy? Like, are there any parallels there at the or because you were because you were you really were responding to like the exact same changing tides, right? Like, because sure. when I think of like Shadow Zone by Static X, I'm thinking, OK, it's 2003. We need to start singing more. We need to have more hooks in here sort of like updating the sound to be that uh how how did you guys adapt though to the as the as like the years went as the years went by well we the shadow zone we we went that direction uh basically because uh the label wanted us to go that direction we were getting a lot of pressure from the label to to go that way uh yeah, you guys went from a band that didn't think about anything to like yeah. having to think about having everything. to think about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I mean, there's some there's some good songs on that record, um, but to me, it, it's the one that least sounds like Static X to me. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a weird, weird time for us. Um, and and then. Um, once we got through that album cycle, um, uh, the label really didn't care anymore. <laughs> so we went back to you know doing what what we like. <laughs> and there's still like, yeah, that did, some that, elements that of go, uh, what was that? Yeah, that didn't go triple. I said that didn't go quadruple platinum. So we're yeah, we're gonna move on. Exactly. Let you guys be an industrial metal band again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's good. I think by the time you hit 2003, 2003 is a crazy year because 2003 is like new metal is almost over. Uh, uh, something that I only recently knew, Riv's going to give me shit later, by the way, because Riv is giving me shit for doing record label trivia every episode. And I'm telling you what, that's what I do, okay? I think I got other questions. My favorite piece of recently discovered record label trivia was that Linkin Park put out, the Warner, your Warner Brothers label mates, Linkin Park put out Meteora that year. And it did, you know, it did like 7 million copies total. Wow, that's amazing. Pop the champagne. It actually underperformed in its first week. It was supposed to do like a million copies first week, and it did 700,000, which you'd think to yourself like, wow, that's really good. 
it's 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 when the it's when people started to think like okay maybe this new metal thing is is going the way of the dodo a little bit so by the time 2005 rolls around and we get start a war and um american apathy at the same time did you guys feel like you were able to sort of go back to doing what you wanted to do rather than feeling like you had to be the next puddle of mud yeah we certainly did yeah and you think start a war holds up maybe a little better than shadow zone in your opinion for me it does um you know, it, it sounds more like Static X to me than, than Shadows on you. You know, it's funny. I never looked at that. Like, I always looked at, at the, the simple, bigger um, timelines with Static X and Dope, like our anniversaries and things of that nature, like always project to be at the same the same times. But I never looked at it from an album to album like you're doing right now. And uh, like American Apathy was exactly for dope what Start a War seems like it was for Static X. It was like getting back to the nastiness of like what got you here. Um, that's interesting. But yeah, I agree with that observation. I do get hung up on the like the numbers games and the record. Even the, I'm sorry to interrupt, but even. Even the titles are very are are very representative of that from both bands. So sorry. No, no, no. Absolutely. Start a war in American Apathy versus like group therapy and shadow zone. Like yes. Can, yeah. Yeah. You know? get it. It does kind of <laughs> it's like, like we were we were we had we had feelings for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're in the, the the boardroom, the focus group session. Like this is kind of mean. What about group therapy? You're like, well, we're gonna, we want to call yeah. it. I want to call it bitch. No, I don't know no, about I don't, that. <laughs> no, I don't think it wasn't so much any kind of label influence that made us go that direction. It was more um, just wanting to be more human. I, I, I don't know why, but artistically for me, like I felt like um, I just like I even had acoustic songs on that record, dude. It was it was like such a a why. I had a song called "Burn," which is the heaviest thing we ever wrote, and I had a song called "Sing," which is probably the lightest thing we ever wrote on the same album. And I think it was on purpose. But um, no, for me, it was just wanting to just keep getting wider and wider um, with the record. I don't know if it worked or not, but uh, but apathy was definitely like I'm going back to the street. <laughs> Um, so, for, uh, do you guys have any questions, by the way, for, for this, about this era before I go charging forth? Uh, Rivzy, anyone? Brandon, I know you were talking earlier about Doom Eternal. Yeah, that, that comes a little later. I don't know if we want to jump forward to 2020. We're certainly getting there, because what I, what I think is, it, like, the next questions that I do have is, like, once we're past, like, that, like, the real heat, uh, <laughs> that era of new metal and new metal music i think that it's it is really i mean i really do want to get to the part where we're celebrating the success of project regenerations uh volume one because i think that in some regards static x now is as is is almost like as not as popular as they were in 1999 but you guys are have mounted like a very legitimate comeback. I feel like there's lots of people that were not even alive in 1999 that I know of that are like, I can't wait to go see Static X when they're in town. Yeah, well, I was alive technically back then. <laughs> Too young to be listening to Static yeah. X though. No, Crane and I are Crane and I are going. I'm right. pumped. I was and too. I have lots of <laughs> I have lots of my own ideas <laughs> of like why that would be possible, but you're the you guys are in the. I mean. One of you is in the band. The other 
rumored to be in the band. What do you guys think? Just as this experience has gone on from the last two, three years, how have you felt about well, this new era? Let, let me just preface this so that I don't uh, talk out of turn. Um, regardless of, of who's in the band, um, I, I definitely love this band and I'm super grateful that Tony and the guys have invited me to help them from a production standpoint and managerially and just in, in helping direct the creative and just be like another head in the room. Um, so uh, I just want to start with that. But I, I uh, and then Tony, you can take over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the question? Uh, no, I mean, it, it's like it, the the way the, the, you know, this whole regeneration thing is taken off is uh, far ex- exceeding expectations. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just blown away by it. Yeah, I mean, show wise, I think you know we're we're pretty close to where we were, you know, when the band fell apart back in 2009, and uh, you know, to 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 see that kind of response uh, is just been incredible, man. Why do you think? The band- I just think. Go ahead. I, I was think I'm gonna answer what I think you're about to ask. I just think people missed hearing those fucking songs live, man. Like they're just cool songs. And as we approached earlier, like just a fun band that so many people. I mean, that movement, that new metal movement, was so popular that Limp Bizkit and Fear Factory played like MTV's Beach Party with like like swimsuit models walking down the freaking thing while they're playing Edge Crusher. I mean, that's that's what this movement was. So Static X was a big part of that. And and for people that had seen them on Ozfest or seen them on any of those tours we spoke of earlier, and now they're in their 30s, maybe they have kids, whatever, um, you know, to be able to go back out and see that band and feel that feeling of what those songs sound like live and loud. I just I think that's what people do. We uh, we want to relive those experiences that we that we had when we were younger that made us love those those things we fell in love with and i think that's what static x is benefiting from right now and i think that the band was was missed and they had a lot of passion for for bringing it back and i've had a lot of passion for being part of that and um just trying to to make it as great as it can be with the production availability that we have today i mean when static x went away in 2009 there was no such thing as an led wall so to be able to put the band with the sound that static x has in front of production that really works with the electronic syncopation of the vibe of static x is is unbelievable um now the elephant in the room is imagine if we could have done this with wayne here like holy fucking shit like uh, you know that would have been ridiculous um but that's not the reality that we live in um i think it's great that we've been able to go out there and remind people what a bad motherfucker wayne was when he was healthy and like in it to win it um and that's the one that uh that we all miss um so i think it's amazing that that's been a really big part of this whole story 
Um, and I think it always will be. Um, but you know, I, but I, I, but again, I think if Wayne were here, it, it, it would be amazing. So Wayne not being here, it's, it's the, People just miss the band, man. Let me take miss a swing. The band, they the band. Yeah, they miss the band. They miss Wayne, you know. And uh, I think yeah. that there's, I think that there's a really, a really um, tangible aesthetic quality too, though, to like resurrecting the band, like re re regenerating the band, because the band, um, you know, was very industrial. Uh, it always had like machine type elements to the band's name, one of the albums. So to like, quote unquote, regenerate the band in like a robotic form to put like a mask, a full like mask on the, excuse me, on the singer to bring him back. It feels like something that continues the le the legacy of the band. Whereas it, like alternatively, if you had just been like, we've hired a new singer, everyone say hi to the new singer that would be weird but to say like we're a machine we keep going you can't stop this machine we're just we're just putting new <clears throat> parts into the same machine and we're booting the fucker back up that to me it's like feels true to what static x was and what it still can be and it also really helps that project regeneration volume one is really good it really does help that the album itself is really good you can't just fake that kind of shit you know like the music does have can to you be good I, I appreciate everything that you just said. I think that that's all, that's all really, really good perspective. The album, I cannot tell you how hard that fucking album was to make. Like, I cannot tell you how difficult it is to take unfinished pieces of someone's voice and shit that like is sung really poorly through a really poor mic and like, and, and manipulate it to, and, and try to make it come together um and while at the same time feeling dude on your shoulder like going don't fuck this up man and you're like it's a lot of pressure but uh i'm really glad you like the record and that you think it stands up i know there are elements of it that I, i'm very proud of but there's other parts where man it was really like pulling teeth and when i hear it all i hear is is like what it was so it's hard for me to see the forest through the trees so i'm glad you like it I think that that's really what new metal always was, though, is like just working really hard at it, trying to make something great. It was never about being like Miles Davis and just sort of having the the spirit within me, man. It was always about being like a fucking machine and just getting it done like the way a backhoe or a, a an industrial strength cement mixer might get their job done just by doing it. Yeah. So so like to I have mean, the it, task. That's, that's like you got the task ahead of you. We're doing this out. We're doing this album, right? We're finishing these songs. Let's get it done. And to like get it done in a very workmanlike way, I think is true to the spirit of the project. Um, was Project Generation Volume One, was that all just tell me on this one if I'm wrong here? Was that all Wayne vocals? No. No, it was a mix. It's a, yeah, it's about there's eight songs, I think, on the record that feature Wayne, but then every song, well, not every song, but most songs are gonna have some sort of layering to help make the, the the production sound better because a lot of the Wayne vocals that we had were recorded really poorly. Um, and then there's, so there's, a there's, you know, new backups and stuff, but then uh, I think there's four off volume one, maybe five. And then the same off volume two, where we just had musical compositions that Wayne had left behind or pieces of compositions, but zero vocals, like no, no vocals, yeah, no lyrics, just, no just guitar, drums, you know, yeah. program, you know, really basic shit. 
And on those, we had to like go, all right, well, you know, how do we make these the coolest Static X songs and not not try to reinvent what Static X is supposed to sound like, like try to keep the the vocal presentation and the, the production of it to resemble what Static X is supposed to be. I mean, no one's going to do Wayne like Wayne. And I think humbly you have to go into it realizing that. Um, but I think that we were very successful on a number of songs of, of getting people through that static X experience. And if you don't, you know, if, if you're not looking for it, you, you can, you can believe it. Like Terminator Oscillator is a really good example of a song that, uh, I think really connected with an audience and the band's been playing live and it's been going over huge. And a, a lot of people I think would suspect that as Wayne, um, which is awesome. That means that we accomplished what we were trying to do, but Wayne, yeah, Wayne wrote the music of that song, but yeah. there was no vocals on it when we found it. Grant, go ahead with your 2020 question now. Okay. Uh, first off, Tony, I want to preface this. Uh, we've met, I'm sure you remember this, 2001 All-State Arena. <laughs> In Chicago? Anyway, yeah. Sure he does, Grant. I'm sure he does. Oh. <laughs> Well, see, I don't I, even I know just where say, State uh, Arena is. It's, it's in Chicago. I just want to say, uh, you well, and Wayne you, and Ken could not have been Chicago, nicer. So, so I, just, I wanted to say know. thank you for that. That was really cool to me back then. As yeah, a 20-year-old music fan? Anyway, wow. fast forward to 2020. You were part of the yes. Doom Eternal Choir with uh, yeah, that Mick Gordon put together. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, you've funny. talked about that experience. Um, Mick Gordon, composer for the soundtrack to Doom Eternal? Yep. I'm curious, how much of a gamer are you? I see the Secret Labs chair, so... Yeah, I saw the Doom poster uh, earlier. This man's well, scoping that... the chair brand. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what I'm repping right now. So. Oh, okay. yeah, so, yeah, he's got one, so that's how he knows. Um, well, if you see the, the empty space behind me, uh, that was the uh, the game side of the room. And uh, I'm in the middle of swapping that whole setup out um the put in a, a a whole different system i'm actually going with the whole desk pc thing back there um and yeah it's just a huge undertaking I, tony I plays a lot of fucking video games dude i do it's what keeps me it's what keeps me out of trouble during the day while i'm out on tour dude on tour he has a whole setup that he sets up in the dressing room and like Tony has his video game hookup. You had to be online doing that shit, dude, and playing with people. Like, well, I'm sure you are, but I mean, like, well, that's part of this uh, this redesign. Uh, I'm gonna have two PCs in the actual desk, so one I can use for streaming while I'm playing on the other one. And uh, nice. Yeah. What's the game that Stephen Carpenter is like freakishly good at? Uh, like a golf Tiger game. Woods. Yeah. Tiger you mean Woods. stuff from Deftones? Yeah. 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 He's like one of the top I know, ranked. I didn't know he gamed. Uh, I know. Oh, he games. He's he like one of the top game. ranked uh, Tiger Woods PGA Tour players on earth. Interesting. I, I don't know like if this he still is. is. This is also really is. compelling evidence for the new metal allegations. I feel like so many new metal <laughs> bands. It's like the four goofiest guys you've ever seen making really heavy shit. And then they go home and they play video games like for their whole life. Well, the, the the only the only golf game I ever got into was uh the the golden tee games that have at truck stops and um or, with the trackball 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And had uh, they, a, they had one. They had one in the dressing room on this last tour, and I was just like, dude, yes. <laughs> we had an uh, arcade. We had an arcade cabinet at my old office, and uh, they left me alone for way too long. And I actually put all the golden tea games on that arcade cabinet and I got in big trouble because I would play that and I would scream so fucking loud <laughs> that my coworkers would come up from downstairs and be like, we're trying to work. And I'd be like, I'd be like, I can't fucking believe I just fucked this drive. Look at this fucking drive. Fuck. And then they laid me off, but I can't really, I can't really say that the two aren't linked. I really can't. But what I will say, um, what game do you think you could? Play? I think you have like I think you have like PSD from that story, dude. Like you or PTS, PTSD, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little. Yeah, I'm a little PTSD, trauma. Dude, I, yeah, it's a little trauma in that story. The, I've been I've been off the weed purposely for a while, and I got back on the weed. And dude, I get so high when I haven't been high for a while that I don't even remember what. Is that what's happening right now, Edsel? <laughs> yeah, that's why I just mispronounced that. Yeah, dude, like I'm high as shit. Because you just left. High your... as shit. We were talking before you got on. You said you're at the Coke Records offices right now. The what? They owe him some money. He's there for the royalties to uh, No Regrets. This is what you were saying? Oh, Koch, E1. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, man. I don't hold nobody up. I'll get my shit. It's all good. You got it already. <laughs> Hey Tony, before we move on though, what game could you kick all of our asses at? Um, I don't know because like I don't really do uh multiplayer like PvP. Like I I've played a lot of Destiny too, uh, but I suck at the PvP. I'm like average at best, you know. Um, He'd probably whoop our ass. Me too. Yeah, but uh, you know, normally oh, wait, that's right. Z plays the shit out of some video games, don't you? I just got off Destiny 2 finally. Smirking. I got off the oh, hamster okay. wheel Yeah, yeah, me too. I I finally just jumped on uh Resident Evil 7. Oh, and, one of my uh, favorites. Yeah, I it, it's, it's really good. Yeah. So I, I've been playing that. I was like, yeah, like you, I jumped off the hamster wheel, the Destiny 2 hamster wheel. Like they they've Bungie's gotten a, a little too greedy. So yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'll jump back in for like you know the story content, but uh, not that that's been very good lately. You two but, need to link uh, up after yeah. this one for sure. How uh, far are you? Do a, hold on, we're gonna do a spin-off gaming podcast. Tony and Z, Tony and Z talk <laughs> gaming. Can you believe that Bungie? God, that fucking Bungie. They just they never right. talk about music at all. It's just all. Yeah. It's just <laughs> complaining about like it's just, it's just complaining about, about Bungie. And their awful monetization. Stupid battle. Yeah. Episodes don't end. They just record for six hours at a time, and I cut them right. down later. Um. So listen though, Static X is coming up on what is my most anticipated tour, maybe ever, which is the Machine Killer tour with Seven Dust. Holy, yeah, fuck that's gonna be fun. Shit. Yeah, you know, oh, speaking, yeah. speaking of, uh, you brought up uh, Golden Tea, uh, or I brought it up, but but the last time we toured with Seven Dust, you know, twenty plus years ago, uh, whenever both. Uh, the Static X and the Seven Dust bus would hit a truck stop. Both me and Morgan would be on the Golden okay. Tee game. We need to find one. We need to find one, and we need to film them playing each other. We can do this. What's the venue <laughs> here in LA? I'll make some calls. We will make yeah. this happen. We will make Down this happen. Tournament. 
this will be a showdown. I could see Morgan being really fucking good at Golden Tee with that wrist. <laughs> when you come style, through, Gary, I know where all the Golden Tee machines are. Of course, we'll, we'll get it hooked do. up. Oh, you do, of course, you do. Of course, you it's, do. It's Gary, Indiana. That's all you have. That's the whole economy. The backbone of the economy is. <laughs> That's the not one. true. They also got slot machines. That and casino is incredible. Nice. You'd be nice. Oh my! We bad. are playing Gary, Indiana. We are playing Gary, Indiana yes, on the You are yeah, playing Grant the Hard Rock Casino and Gary. There you go. There's there you there, go. there's your problem solved, Tony Campos. Yep. All right. So, so we've got we've like got that. we've got that tour coming up. What else is in the works for the Static X slash Dope Experience? Uh, Dope uh, just put out an album, um, so there'll be more singles and bullshit to come. Uh, then Dope is also on this tour with Static and Seven Dust, which is killer because it's the same tour we all did 20 years ago, 23 years ago, whatever now. We're old as shit. Um, so that's yes. going to be great. That Dope album, by uh, the way, Blood Money Part Zero, Zero spelled Z-E-R, Zero. Current lead singer, Static X, Zero, X-E-R, Zero. Mm -hmm. Coincidence. Interesting. But yes, that album is out now. <laughs> it isn't a relation. It isn't it? Tour is ongoing. They're really, whoa, 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 whoa. but they're that they have nothing to do with one another. Oh, I know. Like, I know. see, do, do you know where? Do you no, no? Seriously, do you know where the Z E R O is derived from? No. See, you don't. So, Google Drama Club Music. You can Google Warp Tour Drama Club Music. You can Google Blackville Brides Falling in Reverse Drama Club Music. And you'll find a massed like EDM electronic project that came out in like 2012 or 13. It did Warp Tour for the Black Veil Brides falling in reverse. Um, interesting thing. You may love it. You may hate it. Um, the lead singer of that band is a masked dude named Zero, spelled Z-E-R-O. That dude is me. You were the masked singer so I did of Drama Club Music. Drama Club. Correct. Wow. So I kept I kept that kind of in I kept that in my pocket for a while because I didn't want to use dope to promote drama club. I really was like doing this creative thing and wanted to get lost in the character and just not be anything related to my past. So I did that for about three years. It was really great therapeutically for me. It like really helped me get through some shit I was going through. Um and uh and then, you know, kind of put it on the table and went and worked on other shit. So now it's been like 10 years and I don't mind talking about it because I don't feel like I'm leveraging dope for it to try to make it popular. Like that wasn't my intention. It was just an artistic thing for me. Um, so now uh, several of the songs on Blood Money Part Zero, which is a prequel to Blood Money Part One, were written during the drama club period of my life. So on those songs, I... Uh, I credit Drama Club as a special guest, but uh, but anyway, so that's where Zero came from. It's it's the Drama Club influence on the Dope record, which is also a prequel to Blood Money Part One. Awesome! I need to go check that one out again. That's awesome. Thank you for that context. So it's pretty cool that that there's a mass singer called Zero that is yeah. me. It's just not the one. It's just not the it's one not you think. One. We're it's never gonna find one. that guy. That guy's a mystery. Yeah, that guy's AI. It gets very complicated exactly. around here. Speaking of things you were but, a part on, of. But that's a pretty good fucking troll move, though, dude. I want it more is credit pretty for fucking that. funny. <laughs> I'm going to give very you elaborate. That's fucking yeah. badass, dude. Like, Edsel Dope admits that he is zero, but not the one you want. 
That's that's <laughs> gonna be what I. I that's email, gonna be the preview. That's the what preview. I email Loudwire as soon as I'm off here. I'm gonna be like, I got it. I got him, baby. I got him dead to rights. Dead to rights. And then I have to hit him up the next morning. You, like, you spelled it wrong. You spelled it wrong. It's not with an X. It's with a Z. It's Z. No, yeah, no. They'll fuck it up. The headline would be, I am the up. masked singer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, you know what? Me. That'll be what it is. I was, I'm I'm zero from Static X all along. That's what this has so actually true. been. Um, I mean, I've never seen both of you in the same place. And so before we move on too quick, I would like to bring up another band that I, a, a new metal band that I actually have quite a soft spot for that you cross paths with. Uh, you remember the band Twisted Method? Of course, dude. Like that that's another big, big part of my life. Florida, Florida, um, another Florida. Yeah, like I don't I don't know how much time you want to spend on this, but i like I uh I met that kid. His name is uh Derek, but he went by Trip, not that one. Um <laughs> now he goes by Sinister. And now he goes by Sinister. And this is one of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. And he was a singer for this band called Twisted Method and uh, we took them out on tour and um, they were in a very bad political situation at their label. Um, and the kid just needed a new start. Anyway, long story short, he's also Greg Tribbett from Mudvayne's little brother. Um, but long story short, short <clears throat> uh, Sinisters, which, which is what he goes by now. He's actually a country DJ in the band called Big and Rich, which is an amazing accomplishment. What? Um, but he went on that he went on that crazy reality TV show with that girl Daisy that was on Rock of Love called Daisy of Love and became like a fucking star for like 15 minutes because you don't understand. Those shows were so big. Like that stupid ass VH1 Daisy of Love shit. Like so many people watched that crap. I would go to the airport with that kid. And this is me after touring for 10 years and 15 years, whatever, and having a fan base and being recognized sometimes. People would run across the airport to take a picture with that dude. Um, just because it was that that weird free social media fame that was super disposable, but uh, he had it for a minute. It was very weird. Um, and at that same time, he was playing bass in my band Dope. Um, and uh, we had done a side project together called Makeshift Romeo. And, you know, it's just a, many years of my life invested in, in that kid from Twisted Method and great friend. And yes, he he's the DJ of uh, Big and Rich now. And he does hip hop slash rock crossover DJ mix sets. It's really weird. He lives in Nashville, but it's awesome because if you know him, you know, he's a little hillbilly and it's just it's it is who he is at the core. So do you think he'd be interested in coming on the show? Oh, in a minute. I would love to speak to him because I think Twisted Method are a very oh, yeah. interesting band. I think their first record is awesome. I would be really interested oh, to get more of their story amazing. down on paper. Yeah, yeah. of all the people that I've worked with in my life, if you ask me who underachieved the most in their career and like rock, like he would be the guy. Like that, that kid. I won't had say everything. that to him. Don't worry. <laughs> No, no, but but no, but I, I mean that with respectfully. Like he had all the tools. It's just like sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's just like life is weird, man. Um, but that kid, like, and this this might sound controversial, and I don't mean it to sound that way. But if Lincoln Park ever wanted to look to a guy to do the job that Chester left behind, that kid would be an amazing person I can to consider. Hear it. What I'm trying to hear it, dude. <laughs> He can sing all that shit. Like that kid is really amazing. People never really got to hear him. But anyway, I'm still glad he's still on this planet because, you know, uh, unfortunately, his guitar player from that band passed away. Um, same sad story we all know in this business. Um, but Trip is or sinister. Oof, he's still here. 
Um, so it's great. I love that kid. Yes. And um, guys, I don't want to take up the rest of this. Do we have any other questions lingering? I know we had surveyed some of our friends on what they might want to ask about. How does it feel knowing you got so many new younger fans now, like knowing your music stood the test of time? Yeah, it's great to see uh, a whole new generation, you know, the, the, the old school fans bringing their kids to, to come see us. That's, that's really cool, man. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I haven't figured it out yet. Like I'm still I feel like we need a few a few more tours to understand it because it's definitely present. But I can't figure out whether it's what Tony just said, whether it's like Uncle Terry brought his niece and nephew to the show and they they bought a shirt and they're like into it. And I, that, think that and I don't you, know what that means. I think that when you write music around a four four drum pattern your music will carry on throughout time i think that if you I just stick to that doof, exactly doof, that doof doof i think that's that's it doesn't like weigh it down to any specific year like if you use like gate the gated drums from the 1980s or like i don't know like the fucking electric piano that they used in the 70s on certain songs then you're kind of like stuck in those ears but if you just if you trust in that rhythm I think anyone from any generation can get into it. And then if it's like heavy and aggressive, I mean, shit, younger people are, are aggressive and have a lot of yeah. feelings that they need to get out. They need to, they want to go, they want to throw ass and they want to beat each other up. It's like, and, and to have one band where you can get all that done at the same time, it's, it's a real big part of it. Yeah. And the other thing That's is like, music holds up so much. A lot of friends I have that are my age, early twenties, we got into static X on our own. My dad wasn't a static X guy, but just time and place. He grew up in the eighties or 70s and 80s so it really wasn't his era your guys's music just stands up dope as well like a lot of people my age are really into this interesting yeah it's yeah. great to hear man it's, yeah, it's fucking it's awesome. awesome yeah, yeah. it's uh again I, I can't wait to see you know like static x and dope are both caught in a bit of a nostalgia thing right now too i wouldn't even say caught like it is what it is like it's that's it, what we're doing um but but this this influx of youth, uh, yeah, I hope it lasts. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I don't plan on going anywhere. So. Wait, I don't think. No, no, no. I, I I disagree. I don't think you are stuck in like a, a nostalgia thing. I think that I think the newest album was was really well received, and I think a lot of people when they go to see Static X now, they're seeing them as like a contemporary like now band. I, I think that part of that is is why it's good to have like the lead singer in like a full mask. It's like something that keeps Slipknot like young to people is that they can go and they can manifest whatever they want that singer, they're, the person they're looking at to be. So if they want to be like witnessing a band that's here right now, they can look to that guy and it's, 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 you know, it's a mask. It's like whatever, whatever you want to believe sure. that is, it's like Godzilla or Superman or something. It's, it's an icon that carries on forever once you take like the human out of the equation. So I wouldn't say that like all yeah, static X is like a good old days type it, band. I think people fuck with your music now. Yeah. Like yeah, I see that. Do. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I see the, the younger crowd, you know, definitely, you know, vibing with it genuinely, not just because, you know, oh, my dad brought me, you know. Yeah. So with um Project Generation Volume Two, right? You had Al Jorgensen of Ministry. We're all familiar with Ministry on Volume One. Can you hint at any collaborations for Volume Two? I don't uh, think that we ended. Yeah. I don't think we ended up with any. Yeah, uh, heard that guy from Dope yeah. might be on there. No, just just uh, Who, uh AC. No. Oh, I don't know the the lead singer guy. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think we have any guests. Yeah, on this record, Evan, Evan, like, I, yeah, you know that 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 one spot in in that that song on the first record, I was just like, yeah, that's that's perfect for Al. Like, like I don't really hear anything on on the next volume. So, I think also the you know when when we first got together working on this project um a, a big part of the spirit of, of what we were getting together to work on um but as we went on and found more material and actually found wayne's isolated vocal that we could turn into completed songs the concept guests to finishing up static x as static x um, and that meant we had to put a new voice to some things and, and fill, fill holes here and there, but it just felt more appropriate to make it static X. And then, but that one spot for, for Al, um, because we had already originally thought we were going to have guests. I think we just were already married to that and it worked out so well. And I think Wayne would have been super happy to have Al on that song. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but as a whole, we, we just focused we just focused it more on static X than on the guests. I, I think the future, who knows, but I think, it, uh, so this album, I don't think there's anything. Yeah. yeah. What do we think about this the- record? I, w- I will tell you, I will tell you that this record is, is a more raw. Um, you know, the stuff that got finished the quickest on the first record was a lot of that because it came together because it was more complete. Um, but this, this second volume is a bit raw and it's also a, a lot darker. Um, like a couple of these songs are, are, are like songs that Wayne literally, literally wrote or was writing, I should say, um, in the, in the months prior to passing away. So it's a lot of, a lot of dark subject matter, a lot of drug reference. It's, it's really trippy and dark, um, which I think people are going to really like because it's so honest and freaking authentic, um, but uh, but it's really it's really dark. I'm I'm looking forward to getting it done and and uh, actually Tony, you're coming down tonight still, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony and I are getting together tonight that's, to listen to some of the latest. That, that's why I'm not smoking weed. Wait, where right. are you guys? Are you guys here in Los Angeles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. I'll come too. Just drop the Addy. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Z will be there too. We're all we're all gonna go. We're all gonna go. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 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 if, if we, if it hadn't been months since we've gotten together to listen to shit, I would, uh, I would actually invite you because I'd love some fresh ears on some stuff, but we got shit to do tonight. Yeah, Fuck. we gotta work. Rain check, rain check, say rain check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rain check, rain check, rain check. Say rain I, check. I, I'll give you, I, I'll give you your props, dude. Like you're, um, you've got, you've had a lot of interesting takes. Like you've made, I, as, as you're speaking, I find myself saying, like, he's not wrong. Yeah, you're, so yeah, I, you're I, actually uh, knowledgable. This is what like, I do. I've done I interviews where like people are just like, uh, okay, uh, yeah, oh, that's who we are. Oh, okay, oh, you know, just reading points, and they have no fucking clue who we are you know i'm an evangelist all he does all day is listen to new metal this is his whole life <laughs> i like i like nice. i have a stress ball just thinking about like i'm gonna make them say their new metal i'm gonna fucking do it i'm gonna fucking do it oh <laughs> uh, yeah dude, I got, I, 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 I'm, I'm the first to raise my hand i have no problem with the new metal badge it's all, all right That's what's up tony come on dude and like and, yeah, and hey, you know oh, 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 okay. Okay. Right. Right. there we go <laughs> 
<laughs> Papa Roach is the other one, dude. I don't know how they feel about I win again. Metal, but I win again. I think two for are. two today. Two for two. Three. <laughs> three. Three. This is three. This is three for two. This is three for two. Oh, wait. So, Cran, you weren't on the filter call, were you? No, I was at my fucking idiot job. Right. So the filter thing was funny because I did the opening like I did with them where I was like, where I was like, so filters, filter a new metal band. Cause <laughs> I went, I went, cause I would say probably not. And Richard went, no, we are, we totally are. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know um, what to do. Okay. <laughs> That's, <laughs> this isn't usually how this goes. No, but usually I was, we get I'll, pushed back on that question. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's, it's, this is weird, but okay, totally. So I just have one more question. Um, now you said that the newer record volume two is going to be darker. I have, we've no, I've noticed that the, the, the character design for zero has gone from being like a more organic sort of look to it to something that's a lot spikier with more wires, more robotic. Is that thematically, is that what you're responding to there? If the music's getting darker, the character designs going the same way. No, I, I think the creative thought behind the character design of zero was that uh, the original version was Wisconsin death trip. So it was supposed to, uh, give you a wisconsin death trip experience and the new design was was designed to give you a machine experience um and i don't know i don't think any of us know yet what where it's going to go um but uh yeah i think that you know one thing people sort of overlook sometimes is how much of the branding of static x was associated with the hair and it wasn't always yeah. Wayne's face. Do people it wasn't that? always Wayne. Yes, because it, it wasn't always Wayne's face that was associated with the hair. The hair became almost how like Iron Maiden's Eddie, for lack of better words. Like there yeah. became a yeah. character. There, there became a character within Static X that mm -hmm. that like Tony puts it well. He says Wayne wasn't just the lead singer, but he also accidentally inadvertently became the mascot of the band. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um but uh, I never to saw use it the, that way. To I, use the uh, the Iron Maiden analogy, he was both our Bruce Dickinson and our Eddie. Right. And initially, so, you know, but, my, my thought was, you know, the the little X spot in uh, Push It was going to be our Eddie, uh, but Wayne ended up becoming the Eddie. So interesting, interesting. right? The so, hair is so kind to of me, a, a mask that same abstraction of a person. Right. Agreed. So so to me, creatively, when thinking about how we were going to put it on a stage, um, you know, again, 20th anniversary of Wisconsin Death Trip, I want you to have two or three beers and close your eyes and like open them and squint. And I want you to feel like it's 1999. So that was that was that. Um, and I and I think also, too, it allowed you to like feel like. You know, we're not having a hologram with pre-recorded vocals, so. Yeah. We we wanted you to organic. feel like Wayne was yeah we wanted you to feel like Wayne was there, um, but and I think the way you do that is by not putting another person there. But you have to put a body there, so yeah, it's yeah. a fucking, it's hologram. a mind you trip, somebody man. there, but but yeah, you know? We didn't, I, you know we didn't want the focus to be on you know here's Static X with their new singer, you know it's like right it, it, that's not where the focus should have should be it should be and, uh, and, and, the anniversary and, and would the, become, of the record you know remembering wayne and celebrating and like celebrating you know yeah and celebrating the the you know the good times we all had 20 plus years ago and are having right now yeah yeah, yeah From totally perspective as a costume designer you threaded it really well between 
like straight mimicry and then but not I guess not not exactly trying to create a ghost but but capturing an, an it, essence. It, I, I, I like the the refer to it as a, a, a good homage mm-hmm. to what Wayne did and uh you know his vibe and, and spirit of you know what he delivered on stage. Yeah. Wait, that's yeah, a and in a way that is still like very much alive in a in a way that like a hologram. Yeah, you, yeah. What, what, one of the things that 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 I loved about you know the, the Static X and and you know the, the band uh, was just the the energy that that the four guys on stage had interacting and playing off of each other, and uh, you know you were never going to get that with a hologram. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, well, and I think that like that energy is so much of what is is appealing to your new audiences as well. Like they're, I mean, I'm so biased. I work in live theater. Right. But so I think, but I think there is genuinely such a desire for the way in which Static X is a, is a band that focuses on live performance in in a very real way, but not just on, I mean, not, not on spectacle, but not just on spectacle, like what the energy of the crowd is like, what the audience experience is like, like what that, yeah, like you, you feed experience off each other's that, energy. Like you know, the band the feeds off the, the energy in the room, and and the and, and you know, I know when I go to see a band, if they're just standing up there, you know, looking bored, then like, yeah. I'm not gonna have a good time, you know. Yeah, and like I that, can just, that focus I can just on tell that you that experience, it's powerful. Yeah, I can just tell you that it, it, it the the band, the sound, like everything that I like about Static X doesn't leave me with any lack of creative ideas for how to put it on the stage and make it fun and cool and exciting. Like it's got a bit of sci-fi. It's got a bit of horror. It's got a bit of fucking weird and stupid. Like it's, it's just really cool, fun thing. I think again, to, to just find ways to put it on stage and celebrate it and, and have people be able to have fun with it. It's like, you know, that's the best, that's the best way that we can, I don't know, make ourselves happy. <laughs> well, guys, I want to wind this down by all saying, I, I want to wind this down by thanking, first of all, most importantly, I'd like to thank you both for your contributions to this genre that I eat, sleep and breathe that all of us love so much. Uh, Dope and Static X are, are such an integral part of the music that we love. And I think your influence on us and on our friends and on the music that we hear being made today is is really hard to quantify ju- to explain in, in an interview saying how important they are to us so so more than anything thank you so much for your music and your contributions to the art form uh, you're, you're, you're welcome it. yeah and thank you <laughs> thank you to thank you both for coming on the show and confirming the new metal allegations for us it's always good to clear the air there Get all our ducks in a row. Have that settled down. Really appreciate it. If you guys have any, uh, Cran, you look like you're kind of leaning forward there. Do you have any parting thoughts? Anything else you want to say? Uh, yeah, I just want to say, uh, having talked to Lejean and now having talked to you guys, I think that I this is the show I am most looking forward to. For the that rest is of the my year. brother from another mother. Yeah, we're all. I think we're all really excited for this tour. So Lejean with a spoon. Catch, catch, uh, stack guys. Catch dope. Catch seven dust on the. Machine Killer Tour. Guys, thanks again so much for making it on the show. Thanks for having us, man. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it very much.
to everyone listening in, make sure to always be supporting and platforming the new and contemporary artists that are working in this genre. We got to support the scene. Make sure to check out the new albums of all the bands that we've been talking to today and have yourselves a wonderful evening.